0: Well, hello there, everybody, as we are back with another edition of the Extra Rounds Podcast on Fan Sided MMA and Sports Illustrated MMA. And we're going to start the show in just a minute. But before we do that, this episode of the Extra Rounds Podcast is being brought to you by Teststrips.com. That's Teststrips with the Z, ladies and gentlemen.com. Managing diabetes is your business, making it affordable is theirs. You can sell your extra unused diabetes supplies for up to $50 per box and support a worthy cause that causes the fight against diabetes. Why would you have extra diabetes supplies to sell? Maybe you've switched brands of testing supplies Maybe the accumulation and overstock of supplies over time. Maybe the unfortunate news of a relative or a significant other passing away. Whatever that is, you could turn those extra unused supplies into cash. At teststrips.com, they'll buy all major brands of glucose test strips and lancets, including AccuCheck, Bayer, Freestyle, and OneTouch. And they offer a simple to use, fully automated platform where individuals can submit sales orders and request prepaid shipping labels to ship your items. Once the package is received, they will send payment within 24 hours via business. or PayPal. How about that ladies and gentlemen? They will then take those supplies, they will resell them online at significantly reduced prices, sometimes up to 80 to 90% off pharmacy prices. They do that because they don't want these supplies to go to waste or expire and they want to create a more affordable market for those who are not covered by insurance. What a company this is. You can learn more by going to teststrips.com, teststripswiththez.com or calling 855 strips with the z1. That's 855 strips1. teststrips.com Better Business Bureau accredited A-plus rating for over five years. They are affiliated with the American Diabetes Association. They support the Wounded Warrior Project. And they have partnered up with one of the biggest sports radio stations in the country, 98.5 The Sports Hub in Boston. Test strips with a Z.com. Sell your extra unused diabetes supplies for up to $50 per box and support a worthy cause and support a just a fantastic company. Now, let us start the show. <laughs> fan-sided mma and sports illustrated mma present the extra rounds podcast yes exactly let's go get them we're We're gonna gonna shake things up now here's your host mike Heck. Rounds podcast on Fan sided MMA and Sports Illustrated MMA. My name is Mike Heck. I am your host, broadcasting from our studios here in beautiful Berkshire County, Massachusetts. I am fired up right now, and this is something I always promised myself I wouldn't do, but I had a vigorous workout at the gym and then came right here to put this show together, and I am jacked up. I'm ready to talk some mixed martial arts. I'm ready to talk to our special guest tonight. I am very excited about this. Before you get into all that, a little piece of business. Please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. To search for Extra Rounds Podcasts, it's probably where you're listening, anyways. Drop the old Superman punch on the subscribe button. Give us a five star rating. Leave some kind words. If you do, we'll read your kind words on the show. That's my promise to you. Also, follow the show on Twitter at Extra Rounds. Follow me on Twitter at MikeHeck underscore JR. And make sure you follow the website on there as well. At FansidedMMA at MMA at SI underscore MMA. Coming on the show today, and I teased this on Friday night on Twitter, and it is happening. UFC 227. Coming up this weekend in Los Angeles, California, live from the Staples Center, two title fights. Demetrius Johnson will look to extend his record-breaking UFC title defense streak in a rematch against Henry Cejudo, and TJ Dillashaw will defend his white title against Cody Garbrandt. Both are rematches, and both champions are going to be on the show today. Demetrius Johnson will kick things off. And then we'll talk to TJ Dillashaw on the Extra Rounds podcast. Now, the UFC had a fantastic card over the weekend. They were in Calgary, Alberta, Canada, the home of Brett the Hitman Hart, who was in the building. And Ian Kutalaba came out to Bret Hart's music. I mean, how amazing was that? That guy is my new hero. And then he got a big win. But there's a lot of storylines. And... Normally, I would have a guess for going the full five, but I'm just so fired up. I wasn't going to do one today. I'm just going to ride solo because I am that jacked up right now. Let us go the full five. Five, four, three, two, one. All right, the UFC back in Calgary this past weekend on Fox. And it was a a great card. Main card was excellent. And what was very shocking about UFC Calgary was that Dave Meltzer from MMAfighting.com came out and said that despite that fantastic fight card, that event in Calgary was the lowest rated UFC on Fox of all time in the history of of UFC on Fox. What is everybody doing? Like, is is there that much excitement going on the weekend's? We couldn't sit back and watch that card? I mean, that is a dream card for somebody like me. Someone with a five-year-old, someone with a wife, someone with multiple jobs. To have a main card start at 8 o'clock and have that fight card end at like 10 30, I think that's when it ended, maybe even sooner than that. That is the dream. And the main card was fantastic. I cannot believe the ratings are that low. What does that mean? Does that mean just overall viewership of the UFC is just that down? Is there that many people just waiting for Conor McGregor to come back? Is there that many people waiting to see Conor versus Habib and they're just kind of saving their time? Are that many people cutting the cord? I find that whole thing shocking. I really do. All of those main card fights had significance to them. From the bottom to the top, Alex Hernandez. The big question, and we'll get to his performance in a minute, was, was his win over Benil Darius a fluke? There's a storyline there. Had a tough contest, tough opponent. And Olivia Aubin-Mercier, a fight that we first reported on Fanside at MMA. Then you had and Jacek coming off of back-to-back losses, the first two losses of her career, in her first non-title three-round fight in multiple years, looking to stave off a three-fight losing streak against a very tough Tisha Torres. Great storyline there. Then you had Jeremy Stevens, a win away from fighting for a championship against Jose Aldo, a guy who so many people have counted out. And of course we know what happened there and we'll talk about that as well. And then the main event, a fight that needed a conclusion, a fight that everyone's been waiting for for 14 months finally happened between Eddie Alvarez and Dustin Poirier and that fight delivered in spades. But I'm shocked that the ratings were that low. Really am surprised. Like the pay-per-view buys are one thing. But when you have a free card like that on a Saturday evening and you still have time to go out afterwards depending on no matter where you are in the country. Like, if you're on the East Coast like I was, you were out. Like, you were done by 10.30. You could still go out. You can go to bed early. You could do whatever you wanted. If you're in any other part of the country, you still have the entire night ahead of you. I'm shocked. I really am. But it is what it is. Maybe it's just Fox in general. It's going to be very interesting when they head to ESPN. I don't know what's going to happen. I, re- I really don't. But we're going to find out in 2019. But let's talk about the main card. Alex Hernandez versus Olivier Aubin-Mercier. And you know what's funny? Alex Hernandez, that kid is such a savage. And I said on the show, we we chatted with him and played that interview last week. He's got superstar potential. Well-spoken. Says the right things. Very confident in himself. He gets it. He gets this game. And he goes out there and doesn't get a first-round finish, even though that's what he wanted. But he put on a grinder of a performance. An absolute grinder. How a lot of guys at 155 pounds are going to keep up with that kid's pace, I don't know how the hell they're going to do it. Olivia Abin-Mercia hitting in that third round, he was exhausted. And Alex Hernandez looked pretty fatigued as well, but, man, he just kept coming. He just kept coming. He is a guy to watch. What you do from here, I don't know. My man Spencer Kite had a great idea. The winner of James Vick versus Justin Gaethje. Or the loser. I'm fine with either of those fights. I know a lot of people were saying Dan Hooker. And listen, I get it. They had a little back and forth on Twitter. I think Hernandez is just a little bit ahead of him right now. And I know Hernandez isn't looking to go backwards in the rankings. Hooker could certainly get there. I mean, depending on who he gets next. But that division is so deep. It's so fascinating. But I think you give him a step up. That was a that was a pretty good win. Even though he wasn't thrilled about it, he, I was very impressed with Alex Hernandez. I had people texting me saying, man, this kid is a stud. And then Ioani and Jacek. What a performance from her. Tisha Torres is, is super tough. But you could tell there was a big size discrepancy there. And not a lot of people realized that heading into the fight, but as soon as you saw them two in the octagon together, face-to-face, standing in front of each other, you could just tell that Joanna was just way bigger than her. I mean, Tisha Torres is really an atom weight. Like, if the UFC brought an atom weight division into the organization, she, she would probably fight at 105. And Yoana just had a vintage Joanna performance. Staying on the outside, picking her apart, leg kicks... Working the jab. You know, Tisha tried to make it a dogfight, and it, it got interesting. You know, the first round, Tisha was on her, trying to wear her out, but Ioana did a great job in the clinch. I mean, she's, she's got a great clinch anyways, but I was curious to see if that pace would keep up throughout the rest of the fight. And Yuana was able to stay on the outside in the second round. It was a vintage Ioana round, and then Tisha caught her with a big right hand at the end of the second round, and then it was all Yuana in the third round. And she cruised to a 30-27 on three judges' scorecards. So, big win for Yoana and Jacek. Where does she go from here? I don't know. That's an interesting question. I mean, you look at the current landscape of that division right now. I don't know. Michelle Watterson? Although, I mean, Joanna would be a ginormous favorite in that fight, but I think she's like the only one there. Oh, and going back to my man Spencer Kite, he said the, the winner of the Carlos Esparza versus Tantiata Suarez fight, especially if Suarez wins. I'd, I'd be down for that one. I would definitely watch that one. I mean, if she fights Esparza again, that would be interesting, too, because you want to put it on Carla Esparza when she won the belt. You know, mentally, can she kind of overcome that? I don't know. That was a loss that was that was with her for a while. And I know that firsthand from really the first weekend I decided to get in to cover in the sport. We had a big event in Syracuse, New York. It was an MMA fan expo. And Carla Esparza was there, and her manager was there, and... You know, we got to do interviews with pretty much everybody there. Felice Herrig, Ashley Evans-Smith. The one person I could not get an interview with was Carla Sparza. And you want to know why? Because one of the people there doing interviews after being told not to talk about the Ioanni and Jacek fight, asked her right away about the Ioanni and Jacek fight. And then Carla didn't do any more interviews. That one stuck with her for a while. But interesting times right now. I mean, Rose Namiunas is apparently injured. Jessica Andrade, we thought, was next in line. She's going to fight... Karolina Kovaciewicz at UFC 228 in Dallas. And then Esparza versus Suarez, also at UFC 228 in Dallas. We'll see what happens. And then <laughs> Jose Aldo. Here, here, here's the thing about Jose Aldo. I saw a lot of people on Twitter saying, like, how could you?" all the people reacting to, to Jose Aldo throwing that body shot and finishing Jeremy Stevens have respect for the man? That's what I kept seeing on Twitter. Everyone had respect for the man. Did you see the reaction he he got when he walked into the arena? Did you see the reaction he got when they announced him in the octagon? It was huge. There was a ton of respect for Jose Aldo. But the way, the way that he overcame that adversity, the way that he finished that fight in the opening round, the reaction he had when it was all said and done, that was amazing stuff. That is what this sport is all about. That's what gets me fired up every time I talk about this sport. Moments like that, seeing Jose Aldo go out in the crowd, seeing the emotion on his face, that was amazing. You could not write that any better. Of course, it kind of got ruined when Jose Aldo did his post-fight interview and spoke for it seemed like 90 seconds to two minutes, and then the translator gave us like five words. And then Gary Cruz was phenomenal on Saturday night on Twitter, translating everything that Jose Aldo said and posted it to Twitter, giving Max Holloway his kudos, calling him a great champion, telling him he feels for him, that he's going through what he's going through. Of course, we found out earlier today that Max Holloway is feeling a little bit better, as he said with Ariel Helwani today. So we'll see what happens in the featherweight division, but... If Max can't go, sign me up for Brian Ortega versus Jose Aldo. Sign me up. I'm watching that fight. That's a super interesting fight now. So congratulations to Jose Aldo. What a win for him. What a moment. And then, of course, Dustin Poirier getting the job done against Eddie Alvarez. And I got to tell you, seeing the evolution of Dustin Poirier has been unbelievable. I mean, it really has been unbelievable. That killer instinct he has, he might have the best killer instinct in the sport right now. When he has a guy hurt, it's over. It's all over, and that's something he has learned you know, over all the fights he's had. He's been with in the UFC for a long time, and he is getting better every single time he fights. That fight delivered in a big way. Eddie Alvarez was great as well. Got in the mount position. They were on the ground. And then, of course, the 12-6 to 6 elbow. Referee Mark Goddard, who was actually at the center of controversy a few times in the uh, Alex Hernandez OAM fight. Some early stand-ups in that fight. But he called it right. He called it right. It was a 12-6 to elbow. It's a stupid rule, but it is a rule. And the fight got stood up, and Dustin Poirier finished it. Now, what do you do with Dustin Poirier? He has the credentials. He has the resume to fight for the belt right now. But he's going to have to wait because Conor McGregor versus Habib off. is going to be the biggest fight ever. It's going to be the biggest fight in MMA history. It's going to be humongous. Whenever that happens, whether it be October 6th or whether at MSG or at the end of the year, that's the fight. That's the fight everybody wants to see. And that's the fight that is going to steamroll the UFC into 2019. Or we're just going to find out if everyone just wants to watch Conor McGregor fight and nobody else. But I went on Twitter, and I know I'm not alone on this. The fact, first of all, that Tony Ferguson is working out and moving the way he is right now after that injury he suffered is absolutely insane. And it looks like he's going to get cleared pretty soon. That's the fight to make. Dustin Poirier versus Tony Ferguson, and the winner gets the winner of... Khabib Nurmagomedov versus Conor McGregor. There you go. But lightweight is super interesting right now. But big win for Dustin Poirier. He released the link today for his fundraiser so you could bid on his fight gear. And I know he's supporting a local school, trying to buy backpacks for kids with the money. You know, the just amazing stuff. So if you find that link, I know I retweeted it on mine. Just follow me at Heck underscore JR. And, you know, bid on the stuff. It's going to a great cause. And congratulations to Dustin Poirier. All right, that was a... Solo version of going the Full Five. And now we get to get to the interviews, all right? Coming up next, we are going to talk to the reigning defending UFC flyweight champion, Demetrius Johnson. We don't have a ton of time with him, but we are honored that he is checking in with the Extra Rounds podcast today. And as a matter of fact, let us connect right now with one of, if not the, greatest palm for palm fighter of all time. Let us talk to Demetrius Johnson. All right. Joining me right now, will look to extend his record UFC title defense streak when he defends the flyweight title Saturday night in the co-main event of UFC 227 against a familiar foe, Henry Cejudo. Let's go to the phone lines and chat with the reigning defending UFC flyweight champion Demetrius Johnson. DJ, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing great, man. I mean, you have been here so many times, Demetrius. I mean, getting geared up for another title defense in L.A. How are you feeling as we're getting closer and closer to the big fight?
1: I'm good, man. I'm excited. I did our morning training session. That I to do some throws tonight, some pads, make some things sharp. And uh, I can't wait,
0: man. I'm excited. I'm curious because you've just been on this incredible run, the only champion in the division's history, incredible performance after incredible performance. What are these fight week buildups like for you at this point? Like, I know you want to defend the belt and continue this historical run and continue being one of the best pound-for-pound fighters on the planet, but do these fight weeks, these buildups, these moments, are they different from fight to fight for you in terms of your approach to it?
1: Well, I want to say, you know, they're different from every approach to approach. You know, obviously, travel around the world competing in different arenas um, it's just uh just getting the weight off you know uh, every scenario is different, I might come in heavy I might come in light, so just focusing on what my access is to food and all that stuff that's my main focus, other than that, it's just you know another another fight
0: how how are you weighing in right now if you don't mind me asking
1: oh my good um, I woke up one forty one point two had a barbecue last night I had some ice cream, you know. <laughs> We, we are hitting good here in Seattle.
0: That's what we like to hear. Now, you get Henry Cejudo, who has looked very good recently, and we all remember what happened the first time you fought him at UFC 197. You finished him in the first round. Have you been impressed with him and what he's done in his last couple of fights?
1: Yeah. You know, he He's knocked out Wilson Hayes, and then he also uh, fought uh, Sergio Pettis. Sergio Pettis is a young stud. So he's able to beat both those guys. So I'm always looking forward to a rematch. You know, we, we got in there and mixed it up a little bit. So we go going there and see what's improved and whatnot. I see if I've improved it, too.
0: When I talk to people about this fight, one of the things I hear all the time when discussing it is, well, Henry was really green. It was too soon. Now he's a much different fighter. He's more experienced now. But what I always counter with, and people around the sport sometimes forget this, you have as well. I mean, you saw the damn mighty whiz bar for crying out loud. Like, how different, how evolved are you since that first fight in April 2016, in your opinion?
1: Well, definitely, I would say we both evolved. Uh, for me, you know, keep on fighting different, uh, different type of fighters. You know, Ray Borg, uh, he was an interesting fighter coming from uh, Jacksonville, a young guy, um, athletic, very scrappy, very good in the scrambles, very good, uh, good hands. And then uh, just going off and staying healthy and keep on competing. You know? It's not like you know, within these two years I just sat on my butt and you know, watched this division kind of grow. I've been you know, keeping up with the younger division, and that's, that's, that's how I'm staying focused.
0: I'm not sure if you've been paying attention at all, but Henry is approaching this fight unlike any of his others. Like He's been traveling around the world, getting different kinds of training. He's doing interviews saying that his approach to this fight is very scientific, very detailed. I mean, have you seen any of this stuff on social media at all, or, or do you not even think or look for that stuff?
1: I have not. I have not. But, you know, athletes, you know, doesn't matter where you train or anything like that. You can travel around the world. And- I'm pretty sure he's traveled around the world for other fights when he fought Joseph Benavidez. They seem to help him out, but I'm I'm looking forward to testing science to see how science holds up against you know old-fashioned, grinded out in the game.
0: Henry and his manager, Ali Abdulaziz, are both saying that you losing this fight is the best thing that could happen for the flyweight division. In fact, Ali said you losing would be the best thing that could happen to you in your career because then fans can see you chase the belt back and and try to regain the title and kind of see you playing the underdog role in in a small way. Like, what do you think of the way they view this whole thing? They're fucking high. (laughs) What are you expecting from Henry Cejudo on this one? Like, he's obviously learned that clinching with you isn't the best way to go, but are you expecting him to come out in a certain way, try to surprise you at all? Are you prepared for pretty much everything at this point? Yeah, man,
1: I'm prepared for everything in this sport. You know, I fought the best Japanese fighter, Shiojo Uruguchi. He's over in Japan right now cleaning the house. I fought the man he lost to, Joseph Nibides. Um, You know, I, I've been active fighting tough opponents, been going five-round fights, you know, handling... My opponent, so I'm, I'm, I'm sure he's going to come out, be more timid, and take his time and try to relax and ease into it. But he won't have the opportunity when he fights me. I, I, I go from the first belt to the last. So,
0: is it kind of a shame that Horikuchi is not in the UFC anymore? Because, like you said, he's been crushing it lately. And you know, if we're going to run another fight back, I think people would like to see that one again, if possible. Yeah, of
1: course, you know, but Kunihiro hes over there doing his thing, and from what I hear on the one of the, on the streets, he that he's making great money over there in Japan. And he's been enjoying himself, so you know, he's a star in his own in his own country. So I, I it is what it is. But, you know, if he's gonna make more money than you know, fighting in Japan than he is in the UFC, then shit. He he made the right decision.
0: Do you have any surprises in store for everybody? I mean, you said you could have more tricks up your sleeve after the Ray Borg fight and after that mighty whiz bar. Could we see any of those at UFC two twenty seven?
1: You have gotta tune in to find out. You always gotta <laughs> tune in to find out.
0: If all goes well here, and listen, this has been discussed by you, by all parties multiple times, but, but where do you want to go from here? Is is it the winner of Cody and TJ? Is it the super fight? I mean, TJ Dillashaw keeps saying you turned down that fight, you didn't man up, is what he keeps saying. Is that the path here in your mind, or are you just happy adding notches to the record no matter who's standing across from you?
1: i to find out, man. Um, I got a lot on my plate. You know, My wife's pregnant, uh, so once I want to off take off the fight. got to come home, get ready for her to give birth. Um, and then, you know, kids started to school. Both my children are going to school. So there's a lot more stuff on my plate than me worried about who my next opponent is. Um, right now, I'm just focused on Henry Cejudo. But obviously, you know, after, after this fight, I'll sit down with my management, my coaches, and then we'll see, we'll see where we're going to go from there. You know, every day, this is the business. You know, when people talk about super fight and all stuff, you got to make sure the price tag next to that super fight is one that you feel that it's worth it. That's what it comes down to.
0: It's a great way to look at it. Uh, congratulations, by the way, about coming to dad for the third time. That's amazing stuff. Thanks, I appreciate it. Who do you think wins that fight between Cody and TJ? For putting on your analyst hat for a second.
1: Yeah, to be honest with you, I think both those guys could win the fight. You know, I, I don't feel any one of them are better than the other. Um, you know, obviously, uh, I mean, they both hurt each other that last fight. You know, Cody dropped TJ in the first round, and then TJ was able to drop him in the second round between middle of the round, and he was able to finish it. So when I look at that fight, I truly believe anyone who actually went to fight would the best
0: man win. I know you mentioned this on Aerial Show, and last thing for me, you mentioned something to this effect, but, but we all know about your Twitch page, your gaming greatness. D- did I hear you talk about playing in some tournaments, maybe trying to raise some money, donate some winnings? I thought I heard that, and if so, can you talk about that a little bit and some of the stuff you have in mind with that?
1: Yeah, um, obviously, I, I'm a huge gamer. i got a Twitch channel going on, uh, by the USP125. Uh, Twitch, uh, t- twitch.tv so I- I've always been doing these uh, what's it called uh, competitions and one of the uh, goals I set to myself is I would love to do a competition to where if I win I'd like to do- donate some of that money to Seattle Children's Hospital or Gamer.Reach it's such a cool little goal for myself that I want to try to achieve whether I achieve it or not it's, it's all good but it's something that I just kind of back in my mind where I was like you know what That's, I think that would be cool to really get back to the community through a different passion of mine.
0: That is great stuff, DJ. And we will keep our eyes out for that and and watch you along that path. And, of course, we'll have our eyes on your next title offense at UFC 227, which, you know, that fight's going to be here before you know man, against Henry Cejudo. So thank you, DJ. I appreciate the time so close to the fight and all the best to you. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. All right, there he is, the reigning defending. UFC flyweight champion Demetrius Johnson, a chance to continue his historic run at UFC 227 coming up this Saturday night in Los Angeles at the Staples Center. Watching Demetrius Johnson fight, you know, and I know we're supposed to be like unbiased and stuff, and I'm not picking anybody to to win or lose this fight, but watching Demetrius Johnson fight is just, it's what the sport's all about. It's absolutely amazing. His his well-roundedness, how dangerous he is in all positions, his his mental preparation for all these fights, the way he goes into them, he's such a professional. Like it, it's, it's something else. And I'm not saying Henry Cejudo can't beat him, but uh, man, I, I really enjoy watching DJ fights. So I want to thank him for the time; it's very much appreciated. And speaking of UFC 227, speaking of champions, let's talk to one half of the main event of UFC 227. He will take on Cody Garbrandt in a rematch from UFC 217 in November when he regained his championship. Let's talk to the reigning UFC Bantamweight champion of the world, TJ Dillashaw, is on the phone. TJ, how are you, man?
2: No, doing great, man. I'm doing real good. Soaking up
0: some sun down here in Southern California. Nice, nice, nice. I'm looking at cloudy skies and pollen flying everywhere here in Massachusetts, so I envy you a little bit. Oh, I'm sorry. So we're getting close to your first title defense on this particular run. You're headlining UFC 227 against your former teammate Cody Garbrandt in L.A. at the Staples Center. This is big. How does that feel that you're one of the big names on the marquee coming up?
2: No, it feels good, man. You know, it feels real good. I mean, Staples Center. I just got done uh, whooping ass in Madison Square Garden, and now I get to do the Staples Center. It's uh, super exciting.
0: Of course, there's there's no secret here that you and Cody, not a lot of love lost there. It's been relatively quiet between you guys, at least from what I've seen. But even if it isn't, it's much different than the build up to the first fight. So, do you expect that to change at all throughout fight week? That business will pick up a little closer as we get to Saturday. Yeah,
2: once we get face to face and uh, he can't hide no more. Absolutely, man. Um, he's been uh, he's been real quiet. He's been real quiet. But you know, he learned his lesson. And once you, uh, slap someone in the face with your foot, it'll teach him a lesson to, to not talk, you know? Um, he was all confident and high in the world when he was, uh, thinking he was the best, but, uh, he knew. He knew going into that fight. Now he really knows that, uh, you know, he, he can't back it up. So it's, uh, not, not good for me talking, looking like an idiot like you did last
0: time. This is a really interesting rematch because, especially with you here, because after you lost the belt in a razor close fight to Cruz in Boston, which <laughs> I was there for, and you had to fight your yeah. way back to this title shot, you know, after you had yeah. a couple of title offenses, Cody's right back in there after not even successfully defending the title. Like, do you just kind of shrug your shoulders considering the two roads to opportunities to regain the belt you've both taken?
2: Absolutely, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> it, it's it's quite crazy, but you know what? I'd, I'd prefer it. Yeah, sure, I wanted my, my my rematch right away. You know, I wanted it. But, you know, I did it the right way. I came back. I fought the number one contenders. I was number one, fought one, fought number two and got my, my rematch, you know. But uh, this guy's going to talk his way in the room. And, uh, he'll never get it back again. He doesn't get to go back and get better and work on some game plans and, and do all this stuff. I get to beat him back to death, You know, um, he's got some hold in his game. And, Chan, I'm going to prove it.
0: We talked about the bad blood between the two of you guys, you know, the whole tough season, the build-up to the first fight. Is there a part of you that jumped on this opportunity to give him that rematch, to put this thing to bed once and for all between the two of you guys? I mean, if you beat him again at UFC 227, you're 2-0. and There's not much else to say, right?
2: Absolutely, man. I mean, it, I mean it, was, it was a no-brainer. Yeah, as a sport, the guy does not deserve it, but he brings a lot of attention, um, and there was, there was a lot of, a lot of, a lot of drama. So yeah, I'm gonna, I'm going to enjoy getting paid a lot of money to knock him out again. <laughs>
0: I know Cody has talked about this. I heard his manager, Ali Abdulaziz talk about it earlier this week. They believe this fight will be much different because Cody will have a full training camp. They've said in so many words, he, he really only trained for the first fight for like a week or two because of the back injury he was dealing with in the recovery time. Like, when you hear that, how do you respond to it?
2: It's, it's ridiculous because everyone got injuries. You know, I just don't talk about the stuff that I had going into my tights um, because it's I've been in the sport. I know it's, what it's about. You know, I'm going into every fight you have something. And a layoff of them. I mean, that's just the way this sport is. You can't. I go hard. You know, I'm going to go hard in practice. I'm going to go hard in the fight. That's what makes it so really entertaining. Um, and if you're going to train that hard, you're going to have some injuries. You know, um, it's just an. Ex-
0: Do you think it'll be a different? In- oh, I'm sorry, God. You're you breaking <laughs> up. I lost you for a second.
2: You know, I, yeah, I know he's got holes in his game. He's got no chin. Um, I'm a more well-known fighter. The only thing that's going to be different is more how much, how much more um, You know, I there's more show in this fight. You know, where I'm better. You know, I'm a well-rounded fighter. You know, this guy's got, what, a right hand? Got no chance. So I'm not really worried about him.
0: That was Cody's first loss of his career. It was obviously, since it was his first loss, the first time he was finished in his professional career. I mean, you dealt with that, like, around seven years ago in the Dotson fight. Like, you're obviously a much different version of yourself now than you were back then. When you're a fighter and you taste defeat for the first time, when you get finished like that for the first time, what are some of the things that you went through to get kind of past that moment to end up where you are now?
2: You know, um, you definitely have to learn from your losses. You know, go back to it. You know I was I was undefeated um, going into that fight. I uh, was a good wrestler. You know, I was a 3-1 favorite going into that fight. And I just came in a little bit too aggressive without having the stand-up experience. Um, and that's something that I had to learn. You know, I, I learned that I need to go back, go back to the drawing board and, and continue to get better. Um, you know, and, and that fact that I felt like, you know, with, with every loss, there's something to learn from it, you know. Um, and you got to make sure to be smart enough to, to understand that.
0: You've obviously traveled that road, and you've, you've made some huge strides. I mean, look at where you're at right now, and you were around Cody for a while, and I feel like there's a part of him that has changed a bit. He's a little more relaxed. Like That's be, what becoming a parent will do to you. I mean, you can experience that for yourself, but knowing him as well as you do, is he the type of guy who can bounce back quickly from that adversity? Can he write that wrong this quickly?
2: Absolutely not. Not when I'm the better fighter. Not when I'm the more rounded, well-rounded, better fighter. I don't think so. You know, especially with this immediate rematch. You know, he's uh, still young in his career. You know, he should he should have been smart about this, going back to the drawing boards and fought some fights and gotten better. But like I said, I'm gonna I'm gonna ruin him 135s. 135. He's gonna be done after this. You know, going for uh, losing 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 to me twice. You never get a shot again.
0: You know, talking about that first fight. I mean, so much went into it. The build up, getting there. The fight itself was exciting. You know and then maybe the most iconic moment of that whole thing was was after the fight. I mean that moment after the fight ended and you got up and you screamed in his face like that. That really primal scream. That's like that's one of those moments that is etched in my mind. It's like right up there with the Rory McDonald Robbie Lawler stare down heading into that 5th round at UFC 189. Like the photo of that moment is absolutely incredible. Is that one of those moments for you like when you have that mental highlight reel that you go through in your head? Like is that moment right up there for you because that that was pretty amazing stuff?
2: Yeah, I guess so, man. Um you know you try not to uh, to the thing about that stuff too much I guess but yeah I mean but when you talk about it it's absolutely very iconic you know it's just kind of like what you get you know that's why it's a lot, a lot quieter now you know all that crap all that bull crap talking building that thing up and then looking like an idiot and just yelling what in your face that's why he's not that's why he's not a voice anymore it's not that he learned his lesson it's that, that he just doesn't want to be embarrassed
0: <laughs> how does this thing play out between you and Cody at UFC 227 like do you have a prediction do you envision a finish of some kind here no man, I don't
2: want to go in there with a, a pre um, pre uh, decided factor because I can take this fight anywhere. You know, I can easily submit him. I, I have the jiu jitsu working so much with on Felipe, and I can knock him out again. He's got no chin. He's got hold in his game. Um, so I'm looking just to, to finish the fight really.
0: If, if all goes well here I mean the, the division has a different landscape than it did back in the first fight It's it's been opened up a little bit now like there seems to be only two other guys that you can make an argument for a shot at the belt Marlon Moraes which would be fresh matchup obviously and Rafael Assunca guy you fought twice already and you're one and one with him the first one was a little bit controversial the second one obviously was yeah. your fight all the way but of course there's Demetrius Johnson and, and I know that's the fight you wanted before you signed to fight Cody a second time is that your hope that that the fight between you and DJ can finally come together if all goes well for both of you in LA Yeah,
2: man. I won't take it. You know, I'm not going to continue to, to to try to make him take a fight. You know, I mean, everyone knows I want it. fans, UFC. Everyone knows I want that fight. So when he decides to uh, man up and do it, you know, he's got to get through Henry Cejudo. Tough fight for him. Um, once he does that, we'll see. Man, I mean, the stars are aligning. We're we'll going to fight. You know, same night, build this thing up. So uh, I think it's a, a huge fight to prove on. but we go up there and stop this fight and talk about the trash other. <laughs>
0: If there's a part, is there a part of you waiting, hoping that DJ gets the job done before you get out there? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely,
2: I do. You know, that's the fight I want. You know, it's a fight that uh, wanting to prove his dominance, so that uh, I can go out there and shut it down.
0: I think you turned a lot of people around after your your win at UFC 217. Like you were the heel going into that. It's no secret. Cody was the babyface, and, and you backed up everything you said that you were going to do. And it seems like there's a lot of people who have since then jumped on board the Dillatrain train since that fight. Like, do you feel the same way? Do you feel like you've turned the corner in that regard as far as how the fans view you?
2: Absolutely, man. I mean, there was a lot of, a lot of bashing on me going into that fight. You know, uh, a lot of. Uh... Saying a lot of a lot of crap. I was defending myself a lot going into that fight, you know. And there's no better way to defend yourself than knocking someone out and proving everyone, proving myself right, you know. And then just the way that they've, they've shown their colors even before and after the fight, I, I believe so. So uh, I'm just going to continue to, you know, keep my nose down and work hard, be the be the blue collar, hard working guy that's going to get it
0: done. Well, TJ, we are really looking forward to this fight. You versus Cody Garbrand for the UFC Bantamweight title, headlining UFC 227. TJ, I appreciate the time, man. All the best to you as you head into this matchup.
2: No, I really appreciate it, man. Thank you.
0: All right, there he is, TJ Dillashaw, the reigning defending UFC Bantamweight champion, getting ready to defend against Cody Garbrand, his former teammate, as they rematch. From their fight back in November at Madison Square Garden, what a fight that was! Cody dropped him in the first round. TJ came right back, overcame the adversity, and knocked out Cody Garbrandt the second round to regain that title. You know, don't sleep on this card. This is a good card. I mean, it's at the Staples Center. It's in L.A. The last time the UFC had a pay per view in that area, all hell broke loose with the announcement of Connor and Nade and you know the Brock Lesnar stuff. I mean, I mean, th- this is one of those cards that you just can't sleep on, ladies and gentlemen. I, I-, I am really looking forward to it coming up on Saturday night from the Staples Center in La La Land. And ladies and gentlemen, that's it. My goal this week, plus I have a million things going on, full disclosure. It's the summertime at the radio station, and I'm just doing live broadcasts at a pretty ferocious pace. But this show, perfect for your ride to work. You're welcome, everybody. Big thank you to T.J. Dillashaw and Demetrius Johnson for coming on the show. Check them out this Saturday, UFC 227, as they both defend their titles against Cody Garbrandt and Henry Cejudo, respectively. And I'm telling you, it's got that UFC 199 feel to it. It really does. Maybe we'll find out that Conor McGregor versus Khabib Nurmagomedov will be official for October 6th. Maybe we'll have new champions. Who knows? We'll see what happens on Saturday night. That is it, everybody. Big thanks to all who have downloaded and subscribed to the podcast. And that's it. If you haven't subscribed to the podcast, please do so. Big shout out to our sponsor, TestStripsWithTheZ.com. Managing diabetes is your business. Making it affordable is theirs. You can turn your extra unused diabetes supplies into cash up to $50 per box at TestStripsWithTheZ.com. Follow the show on Twitter at Extra Rounds. Follow me on Twitter at MikeHeck underscore Jr. And, of course, the website at FansidedMMA, at S-I underscore MMA. James Lynch is pumping out 500 interviews a day. Tons of great stuff on there. Tons of exclusive interviews. We're breaking fights left and right. A lot of good stuff happening at Fansided.com forward slash MMA. That's it. Enjoy the fights, everybody.